0: Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for Sundays, for sunshine, for church services. God, thank you for women. And thank you for mothers. And thank you, God, that your word can address everything that we're thinking about. So we've come now to the part of the service or the heart of the service where we look to your word and we ask God that you would teach us and show us and feed us, if you will. And God, help us to see what you see and think what you think and help us to value what you value. God, do that work in us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would turn in the Bible to Proverbs chapter thirty-one, the last chapter of the book of Proverbs. Uh, I don't know what page that is in the pew Bible. What page is that? <clears throat> what is it? Six oh six. I thought for a second. She said six six six. Six oh six is the pew Bible. Wants you to turn there. I want you to see this verse. It's Mother's Day, so I'm going to venture off from where we were in the book of Philemon. We will go back for one more sermon of Philemon next week. But this morning is Mother's Day, and I want to say Happy Mother's Day to all of you. But I'd like to remind you all that I also am aware that Mother's Day is a sensitive day. And I think Christians need to be those who understand Sensitivities. I think churches need to be those who understand sensitivities. There are some people out there today who are thinking, man, today's the best day. It's Mother's Day, and I just want to honor my mom. i got the best mom in the world. And there's some people that are that way, but they're not a lot. there are also a lot of people who are not in that position. Some of you all don't know your mother. Some of you all are celebrating Mother's Day this year for the first time without your mother. And so it's a tough day. Some of you all have a mother, but you're not in a good relationship with your mother. Some of you all wish you could be a mother, and you're not able to have children. For that reason, and and so many others, there are sensitivities in the world, and we Christians need to understand how to be sensitive. Church people need to understand how to be sensitive. Sensitive. Now, I know that there's a time to say that, hey, people shouldn't be so soft and everybody needs to toughen up and stop getting their feelings hurt all the time. There is a time to say that too, but it's not today. And it's not over Mother's Day. There's a time for you to be sensitive and understanding to what people are dealing with. And I want you to know that we do. We understand that. I want you to know that God teaches us... That God knows every one of us, where we're at, what we're feeling. He knows our insecurities. He knows our struggles. He knows what we're upset with. He knows how many of us really didn't want to come today. He knows how many of us tried to make every excuse we could not to get here today. He knows why you are so uncomfortable right now being here and a thousand other things. He knows. And he still cares He still loves us, and he is wanting us to be sensitive like that as well. He wants us really to look so much to him that we view ourselves in light of God. And he also teaches us that that's the only thing, not the best thing, that's the only thing that will make us happy, if we will trust in him. And that will comfort us through our sensitivities, that will comfort us through our hurts so when i say happy mother's day i'm aware that it's not happy for a lot of people i do want to say that god teaches us to honor our mother god gave us 10 commandments this is a big book 66 books inside of one book 10 commandments And can you imagine if you were to create a world and only make ten rules for it? That'd be funny to hear what y'all's rules might be. God created a universe and gave it ten commandments. Now we know that in the the whole law there are other laws, but we know that the ten commandments are, are a fixture in many ways to represent all the law. Represent God and what he's like, what he's for, and what he's against. Ten laws to govern his creation They're good for us. And in those 10, one of them is honor your mom and dad. That alone should cause us to take a step back and say, it's bigger than I realized, it's more serious than I realized. We are to honor our mothers. With that said, I want to remind you all, and I love reminding you all of this, regardless of the circumstance, none of us would be here were it not for our mothers. 100% of us came from a mother, 100% of us. So on some level, there is some gratitude, and there is a thankfulness to God. God. Well, in a day where we get to look at mothers, and in a month we will look at fathers, I want to look at not motherhood, but womanhood. And I want us to look at what the Bible says is good for a lady, good for a woman. What is admirable, desirable? What do we like? And and what's so cool about being able to preach on this from God's Word is that addresses everybody here. It addresses the ladies for what they want to be, and it addresses The men for what they should want, what they should prize. What you're going to find when you start looking to the Word of God, you heard me pray this. What you're going to find when you start looking to the Word of God is that God doesn't value what we value. This is so cool, this is so refreshing. I hope, and I know for many of you all, there has been a time in your life where you've said, you know, I'm really going to try to start reading the Bible. I never really have. I mean, I know some of what the Bible says, but I've never really been a Bible reader. And I want to read it. And you've started reading reading the Bible, and your mind has been blown by some of the awesome richness of what it teaches. It's a shame that so few of us actually know what the Bible teaches. If I were to ask today, are you a follower of Christ, many of you all would raise your hand. And if I was to say, okay, that's awesome, tell me, tell me some of his teachings that, that you live by that he teaches. Do you have any? Do you have one? Do you have a whole list? See, when God starts teaching us from his word, we begin to be molded. The Bible says that we start being transformed into his likeness. The Bible says that God starts doing the the, the potter on the clay stuff with us and he starts, listen to this, the Bible says he starts making us into The image of Christ, conforming us into the image of Christ. And so you can see why so many people uh, think they're Christian but aren't really like Christ because they, they don't really know what God values. But as you start to get into it, you start to see what God thinks is good. What God thinks is good is often different than what we think is good. And what God thinks is bad is often different than what we think is bad. What God prioritizes is often different than what we prioritize. What he values is often different from what we value. And I hope today, with the subject of womanhood, you will be uh, altered. You will be changed into valuing what God values. Proverbs chapter 31 is so well known. Some of y'all could have walked in today going, he's probably going to preach from Proverbs 31. This is that great passage, that great text where... It addresses the godly woman, the virtuous woman. And I don't want to be the guy who's always preaching on the predictable stuff, but I want to preach on one verse. But let me give you a little context. Proverbs 31 is the very end of the book of Proverbs. It's this long book of wisdom, different from every other book in the Bible. It's just short little pithy statements of nuggets of knowledge and wisdom and things that you need to remember. They're really, really good. You can read just a proverb a day, like one little verse, and gain a lot from it. You don't have to read chunks or pages or chapters at a time with the proverbs. So the proverbs are different. Most of them are written by Solomon. And you get to the very end, and it says at chapter 31 here, the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. Okay? So chapter 31 is what a mother is teaching her son who is a king. That's an awesome context just to begin with, Right? It's a mother teaching her son, and her son is a king. And that's awesome. And you go down nine verses, and it's talking about all this good stuff. But you get to verse 10, and she asks this question. An excellent wife, who can find? Where can you find an excellent wife? What is an excellent wife? What is the ideal wife? Man, son, while I'm teaching, you're going to grow up. You need to get married. You need to find a lady. You need to get a woman in your life. She's saying all that, and she says, what is that? And then she goes from verse 10 all the way to the end of the chapter, all the way. It, it concludes the book of Proverbs with her teaching on what is an excellent wife. And so, so many people in the church throughout history has benefited so very much. So many men, so many women, so many families have benefited greatly from these 21 verses on the virtuous woman. What God describes is the excellent wife. I know you know that, or many of you all knew that before. I would recommend every woman learning this passage backwards and forwards. If you're a young lady, I would say take this and read it and learn it and value it until you have mastered it. If you're a man or a young man, I would say get familiar with this. But I want to look at one little verse, verse 30. One verse today, verse 30. And I want you to see that as the mother is speaking to her son, the king, that one of the things that she mentions here at the end is verse 30. Read with me. It says, Proverbs 31:30 30, Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. It doesn't take long to memorize something that short. I hope today, by the time you leave, you have 31:30 memorized. I hope you will raise your children on 3130. I hope you will value the women in your life off of 3130. If you're a man, I hope you will appreciate that type of prioritization in the, the females in your lives. lives. If you're a, a woman, I hope you will say, I want to uh, uh, reorient my life around verse 30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. To state my conclusion here at the very beginning, listen up. Being charming is not as important. Being beautiful is not as important. Who you are, your relationship with God, your trust in him, your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins as the Lord and Savior of your life is far more important than charm and beauty. Everybody here needs to understand that if we want to understand God. If you want to value what God values, you need to value that. This mother, we don't know her name, the mother of King Lemuel, is a good mother. She knows that her son, even though he's a king, struggles to recognize what is good. Like all children, regardless of their age... We, at times, can mistake something that we think is good for something that's not very good, right? How many times have you heard of a young man who wants a car, man, this car is awesome, I want it, and the parents go, you don't don't need a car like that. How many times have you heard a young person say, man, I just need more money. Mom and Dad, can I have some money? And the parents say, you need more money like you need a hole in your head. You don't need any more money. You are gonna blow all of that money. I know you are, right? And parents are able to recognize that what a, a kid recognizes as good is not necessarily good. Now, we don't know the age of King Lemuel, but this mother is recognizing that in her son who wants a wife, he clearly wants a wife because she spent 22 verses explaining what he should value in a wife. But she knows, okay, just imagine, she knows that there's a chance. He's going to value charm and beauty over the things that matter more than charm and beauty. Can you imagine? A son that wants a hot wife. She knows that that's a real temptation. And so she speaks on all of these things that are valued in a lady, in a wife. She says, charm is deceitful. We'll just let the passage, number one, charm's deceitful, number two, beauty's vain, number three, a woman who fears the Lord is to be prey. That's, that's pretty simple, right? Deceit is a scary word, isn't it? To be deceived is a scary thing. Deception is a scary thing. You ever heard somebody say, if it was a snake, it would have bit you. It means that you bought into it and you shouldn't have bought into it. It means you believed it, and you weren't supposed to be believing it. It means that you, listen to me, thought it was good. It means you thought it was right, and it wasn't. You know who knows that? Listen to me. If you're young, y'all can choose, if you're young, it's easy to be deceived. It is easy to be deceived. Listen to me. If you're young, when it comes to a relationship, guys, when it comes to finding a lady, girls, when it comes to finding a man, it's easy to be deceived. I dare say that all of us have. It's easy to be deceived. And the mom knows this. Charm is deceptive. It's hard to define charm. Does she mean personality? Does she mean fun? Does she mean likability? Does she mean just charisma? You know what it means when somebody's charming though, right? You just kind of like being around them. Man, they're funny. They're smart. I, I like being with them. You ever heard of somebody that's fresh in a relationship or they're just dating or courting or they've just recently been together a few months, a few weeks, I mean, they're just getting started and they just say, I, I'm just so happy when I'm around them. I, I, just, we just have such a good time together. I mean, it just, just seems to be natural. I like it. I like being around her. I like being around him. They wouldn't use the word charming these days, our young people wouldn't. But what they mean is, I mean, they're just so charming, Before long, as you know, they're so charming that we think we need to spend 24 7 together, right? And as soon as we stop from being together 24 7, I'll keep this phone under my pillow and you text me all night. You're so charming. And mom says, Son, she is charming. I know she's charming. She smiles a lot, she's happy. She's so polite and cordial. You, you seem to be happier when you're with her. But I want to warn you, we might be being deceived. If we're deceived, that means we think this is good. We think this is right. Right it's not. And she warns that. Turn back with me to chapter 5. And it's real easy today to say that this is the mom telling the son. But let me just say something real quick. And then don't get mad at me. I won't mention it again. Moms and dads are often deceived by her charm too, aren't we? Moms and dads are often deceived by his charm too. I just want to show you a little bit. Now, this is going to be heavy. You've probably never read these passages before unless I pointed them out to you, but I just want to show you. This is still in the Proverbs. Look at chapter 5, verse 1. My son, be attentive to my wisdom, incline your ear to my understanding, that you may keep discretion and your lips may guard knowledge. Look at this. For the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey and her speech is smoother than oil but in the end she is bitter as wormwood sharp as a two-edged sword her feet go down to death her steps follow the path to sheol she does not ponder the path of life her ways wander and she does not know it and now oh sons listen to me and do not depart from the words of my mouth look at this keep your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house but mom she her, her lips are like honey Mom, her speech is so smooth. She's so nice and polite and kind. Mom, she makes me so happy. Can you not just understand that I like her and she seems to be fine? What's wrong with it? You're being deceived, mom says. Charm is deceptive. Now, If there are bad things and flaws, then that's obvious, a no, and and the reason why is because she's not charming. What I want you to see here, that this mom knows best, I hate to say that because our young people are in the room, but mom knows best, this charm makes you think it's not bad. That's the whole point. It seems good, it seems right, it seems like she's good and she's right, or he's good and he's right. It seems that way, but we are being deceived. There has to be something that we value beyond charm. The point of this statement is be careful that you're not deceived, but also charm is not the best thing we're looking for. You know, there's uh, conversations that people like to have. Well, what would you rather have, uh, a beautiful woman or a woman with a good personality, right? And people like to have those discussions. Well, the mother of King Lemuel would say, neither. Why are those my only two options? It's not like God only made two types of women, pretty ones and and charming ones. And so, charm is not what we value most. Charm is deceitful. That passage that I read to you from Proverbs chapter 5 that was very heavy and and serious, if you just keep reading the rest of the chapter, it gets stronger. Keep reading the next chapter, chapter 6, it gets stronger. Keep reading the next chapter, chapter 7, it's going to get stronger. And it even says this. If you go after that charm, you do not know that it will cost you your life. From the word of God. If we are deceived into thinking that this is good and it's not good. So, number one, charm is deceitful. But number two, this mom knows so good, right? She knows so well that charm is somewhat important, but even more so important is looks. And she says, not that it's deceitful, she just blows right through deceit, and she says, it's vain, it's vanity, it's worthless, it's fleeting. In your pew Bible, use the word fleeting. Looks have nothing to do with it. I know y'all hate me saying that. Looks have nothing to do with it. Now, I know it has something to do with it. And I know that you want your guy or girl to be pretty. And I know that you probably are so happy when you do think she's pretty or he's pretty. But I want you to hear something today and believe it from the Word of God. When it comes down to it, it doesn't matter. If you're wanting to find somebody to love, it doesn't matter. Beauty is vain, it's not in the equation. If you're looking for somebody to love, you're looking for somebody to love you, you're looking for somebody to become one flesh with, you're looking for somebody to unite with, you're looking for somebody to spend the rest of your life with, you're looking for somebody to be your companion, your partner, your, your, your whatever you want to call it, if you're looking for that and looking for it seriously, then beauty is not going to be a factor in it. That may be a factor, but it doesn't really factor into what you're looking for. Beauty is vain or it is fleeting. Proverbs 11.22 says this. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman without discretion. Hey, and I don't know your stories. Do you know how many men have ruined their lives with a beautiful woman. Do you know how many men have ruined their lives by leaving a good woman for a beautiful woman? God knows better than you do how pretty she is Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. God values things different than we do. We read in our scripture reading in the middle of the service from 1 Peter 3. And I know a lot of y'all get scared of these New Testament passages on marriage and on husbands and wives. But when you start to really get what God values, it really helps. Let me read it again for you. He's talking about marriages. He's talking about husbands and wives. And in 1 Peter 3, verse 3, he says this to the women, do not let your adorning be external. Don't worry about the outside of you as much, the braiding of hair, the putting on of gold or jewelry, or the clothing you wear. For the record, he's not saying those things are bad. He wants you to wear clothes and jewelry is okay and braided hair is actually very nice and pretty. I love it when Val braids our girl's hair. I like that. What he's saying is, That shouldn't be what you're focused on. That shouldn't be what you're trying to make sure looks so good. He says, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. God has beauty in mind, but a beautiful person in God's eyes is so much more beautiful on the interior than they are on the exterior. God's not saying there's no such thing as beauty. God just values beauty differently than we do. Charm is deceptive and beauty is vain. Sometimes her personality or his personality or the way he is or how happy he makes you will make you think, This is good. But beauty doesn't work that way. You don't see that they're beauty and think they're good. Beauty works a little bit differently. Beauty, listen to me, beauty kind of works as that front door thing. It kind of works as as the the, the beginning test of if if she's even an option or if he's even an option. And so what happens is, one of the first check marks of, is he a possibility, is she a possibility, is how they look. And we start valuing a person or examining a person based off what they look like, we are not like God. Bible says, man looks at the outward, God himself. He's not looking for a wife. God himself looks at us on the inside. I hope that today when you were getting ready that you brushed your teeth and did something to make yourself look presentable. But I hope you understand here this morning That if God is worshipped from the First Baptist Church of Fairdale, it's not because of what we're looking like right now. It's because of what we're feeling and believing and loving in our hearts. You understand that, right? God is worshipped from us when our hearts love him. God is worshipped from us when we value him, when we prioritize him, when we think he is the greatest thing. God sees us. God is aware of what we look like, but what he cares about is what we really are. When it comes time to you, for you to look for a man or a woman, you're going to see them. But I hope what you care about is what they really are. How many men and women have ruined their lives? Because they saw somebody that looked better. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. In other words, the mother says to her son, the king, King Lemuel, let me tell you something. I know you want a pretty lady and I know you want a charming lady, but those things are not the most important. But here is. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. In other words, son, find you a woman of God. In other words, son, find you a godly woman. And if we were talking to a a lady, then we could say, find you a godly man. Find you a Christian man. Find you one that loves Jesus. Now, again, I know There are lots of Christian men or Christian women out there that say they're Christian and don't act like they are Christian. I know that there are countless stories of people who have been burned by a godly man or burned by a godly woman. I know there are so many stories of somebody that says they are, but they're truly not. And so it's just a mess trying to talk about that. And you know, and I know, and we all know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about somebody who truly does fear the Lord. We're talking about somebody who truly does live for God. We're talking about somebody who does love Jesus and follows Christ and fears him and loves his word. Now, if you're not familiar with this phrase, fear the Lord, I don't want it to scare you. Fear the Lord is a very common passage in scripture. And it's this posture of life that says, God is God and I'm not. Fearing the Lord is a beautiful thing in Scripture that says, I have the utmost, complete adoration, admiration, respect, and reverence for God Almighty, my Maker. I never want to get it confused that I'm above him or that he's below me. He is God. He's my father in heaven. He sent his son Jesus to die for me. My sins separated me from my maker, from my father. But he loves me so much that he sent Jesus. Jesus died. God raised him up. God did it all. Paid it all. God made it possible for me to have a relationship with God. And I, like we just sang, I owe it all to him. All it. I am utterly and totally, completely dependent on God. Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to the cross I came, John 15, apart from Jesus, I can do nothing. This reverent posture to God that says God is awesome, God is deserving, God is worthy, God is holy, is what it means to fear the Lord. The opposite with that would be, probably not a whole life, none of y'all have your whole life, the opposite of that would, would be pockets of your life that disregard God. There's a phrase in scripture that says, there's no fear of God before their eyes. It's a scary one. And again, that's not your whole life, I'm pretty sure, but what about a pocket of it? Maybe your money is surrendered to God. Maybe your uh, work ethic is surrendered to God. Maybe your maybe your tongue, your honest person, is surrendered to God. And maybe your friendship—you really are a good, faithful friend. Maybe your a neighbor is surrendered to God. And maybe there's just a pocket out in your life that is charm and beauty. When it comes to finding he or she. Or being he or she, fearing the Lord is pushed aside. Man, there are a lot, listen, there are a lot of Christian people. Nine out of ten categories, they are faithful to God. But when it comes to who they love or who they date or who they marry... fear of the Lord is not in the, in the discussion. But mom knows best. And she knows that for him to be the king, King Lemuel, he's probably responsible. He's probably a good steward. He's probably good to the people underneath him. He's probably honest. He's probably got a lot of really good things. You know, if your son's good at something, you're, you're, you're pretty good at bragging on what he's good at, Right? I mean, we're we're all like that. If he's good at something, we'll tell you, yeah, he's doing doing good in school. Yeah, he's doing good here. He's doing good here. And we just don't bring up the things that he's utterly failing in, right? That's how we all are. And and King Lemuel's mom knows this. He's the king. She could be saying, I'm just going to say I raised him right. He's the king. Everybody looks up to him. You know what? Everybody bows down to him. Man, my son's the king, mother of the year for me. There's a, a pocket in King Lemuel's life where the mother knows. You're going to struggle here, son. There's an area in the world that you and I are aware of that we're all struggling with charm and beauty and what we value in he or she. She says, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Proverbs 18 says this, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. What it means is He who finds a good wife finds a good thing. What that means is he who finds a man or a good man or a husband finds a good thing. God values differently than we do. Are you being deceived by charm? Are you being distracted into thinking that the looks really matter? Are you focused on what the Lord values and that he or she who fears the Lord is deserving of praise? When she says deserving of praise or is to be praised, what she's saying is, this is what you should prize. This is what you should value. I'm going to tell you, son, there's coming a day where you're going to wish you had valued that. So let me make a few simple observations. Ladies, let me encourage you to stop trying to be so beautiful. I'm a dad. I have two girls. On some levels, I want them to be pretty. But ladies, it should not be your top priority. It shouldn't. Ladies, stop trying to be so charming. I wonder how many times A lady's gone all in on beauty and charm. Knowing that they're fleeting and deceptive, deceitful and vain. And because she was so beautiful and charming, she got snagged by a man that values beauty and charm. Scares me to think about it. My kids are young. They're not there yet. You see what I'm saying? I wonder how many times there's been this good-looking man with this awesome personality, and the ladies just flock to him. Man, if I can get this good-looking man and this good personality, then it's going to be great. There's more to a man than his looks and his personality. I'll tell you that. For the record, God made your looks. Don't start thinking it's on you. So, ladies, let's stop trying to be so beautiful and let's stop trying to be so charming and let's value something so much greater than that your heart and your faith and your soul and the inner beauty and the fearing the Lord and the commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ for an identity that says God loves me and I'm a daughter of God. Guys, I mean, we can make the same thing, guys stop trying to be so beautiful, guys stop trying to be so charming, and for the record, you're not as much as the ladies are, even to begin with, but guys, let's stop, listen to me, guys, let's stop looking most for beauty. Let's stop looking most for charm. Now it's natural, right? People are drawn to pretty people, or people are drawn to charming personalities. That's natural, and we we know that. Some people are magnets, and some people are put the opposite. You're right, push people away. But that's not what we're talking about. Let's stop looking for that as if that's what matters most to us. Parents, let's please stop wanting our kid to have the prettiest girl or our daughter to have the cutest guy, valuing that, knowing that we are setting them up for utter deception. I can name so many examples where a parent has wanted their child to date this person and within no time encouraging that relationship, their world is a mess. Let's stop looking for that Let's stop valuing that and let's start valuing the woman who fears the Lord that is to be praised. Let's start valuing the man of God who walks with the Lord and follows him as what we value most. Let's value what God values. How do we get like this? That's a bigger question. I was talking to one of my kids the other night, I won't tell you who. We were we were dealing with the issue. We were talking about it. And it was good, soft, gentle conversation. And I said something to the effect of, "Well, you need to stop. You need to change. You need to try." And they looked at me with tears in their eyes and they said, I can't. I can't stop. Folks, apart from God doing a work in your heart, you won't value the fear of the Lord in a person more than their charm and their beauty. Let's be honest. Our world is built up with sinful hearts where we love pretty, happy, charming people. Some of y'all's favorite heroes in the world with screenshots on your phone and posters on your wall and videos and movies and pictures are of people who do not fear the Lord one second and you love them. You can't stop loving charm and beauty unless the God does that in your heart. We need to be Christian people who have turned from our sin and said, God, help me with this. Forgive me of this. I repent of this, God, and give me a heart for what you value. Help me to love in a person what I should love in a person, and help me not to turn people away because they're not beautiful and not charming, and help me to not be drawn to people because they are beautiful and they are charming, but help me, Father, to have a heart that loves what you love, and in that I love and respect and admire somebody who fears the Lord. God's way is the best way, and when I see a heart that loves God and their life is now lived in surrender or in in adoration or in following of God, it is so beautiful I hope and I trust that every one of you all knows somebody right now that is faithful to God and you think they are a beautiful beautiful soul and you've even said before I wish there were more people like that in recent years I've heard some awesome speeches of people about their moms I remember when Billy Graham's wife, Ruth, passed away. Y'all might remember that. I think it was about five or six years ago. And I remember when the children stood up at the funeral. I wasn't there, but you can watch it. And I I remember watching them speak about their mom. It was awesome. Hearing the Billy Graham children speak about their mom, and if you don't know, they're way bigger on their mom than they are on their dad. They loved their mom. I remember a few years ago when Kevin Durant won the MVP for the NBA. He gave that awesome, heartfelt, emotional, crying speech. It's the one where he said to her, I won the MVP, but mom, you're the real MVP. He poured out his heart. It was such a famous speech. He gave everything that he is to his mom and he praised her. I remember here just recently when... Barbara Bush died. The first George Bush's wife, Barbara, died, and I remember hearing her son, the the president, the second George Bush president, I remember hearing him speak, him speaking so highly of her, his mom. We could go on and on, right? You've been to a funeral before and heard somebody brag on their mom, right? You know what we didn't hear? And I hope this shakes you to your bones. You know what? We did it here. I saw them crying, it made me tear up. I saw them praising their mom, and I thought, man, I want to praise my mom like that. I saw them loving and bragging on their mom and valuing in their mom how awesome she was, and it made me think, man, I won't vow to be that way. Today's Mother's Day, and, and I don't always do this, but I was up earlier today than I normally were praying for my. My wife, because she's a mom to our kids, praying for her mom who's here today, praying for my mom who's in North Carolina, because I want them to be praised. I want the world to know how thankful I am for them. But you know what? We never hear. Kevin Durant didn't say it. Graham's kids didn't say it. Bush's kids didn't. You say. It. You know what? They never said. She's so beautiful and charming. Because when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter. When the rubber meets the road, or when the soul gets real, And when depth comes to life and we're not just people out living it up, trying to find somebody that's cute or funny or something like that, that is so deceptive and fleeting, when it really, really matters, like your mom or like at death or like when sin's cracking at your door or you're trying to get a job or you're trying to learn to tuck your shirt in or something like that, when it really, really matters, the truth shines charm is deceptive and beauty is vain but a woman that fears the Lord and loves Jesus that is who we praise may God make us like him and where we say that's what matters most to me that's what matters most in our parenting That's what matters most in our searching for a a mate. That's what matters most. And may you not be deceived. Don't think it's good if it's not good. Don't think it matters if it doesn't matter. Value what lasts. Loving Jesus. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we can't do that If you don't help us, if you don't give us that new love for the things of God, that new eyesight for the things of God, that new mind and heart for the things of God, it'll never happen. We'll be deceived. Father, I pray that you would stir that in our hearts, that we would value what you value. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.